Hey everyone, this is Kurt Frankham. Welcome to, I guess this is the first official Teaching General Conference uh, podcast episode and uh, YouTube video, whatever you want to say it. I'm excited to jump in. Uh, this is, uh, we're going to learn as we go. I may even come back and redo this talk just as I learn things after a few episodes, but we'll see. I got a lot of talks to get through and I'm excited to jump in. I've already enjoyed uh, learning more about uh, this specific talk. And the talk that we're going to focus on in this, which you already know from the title, is uh, President Nelson's Overcome the World and Find Rest. I figure that most people will probably uh, focus at some point uh, most quorums and relief societies will probably focus on this talk since it's by our prophet and it's sort of his, uh, you know, paramount talk of the conference. Uh, and so I'm excited to get into it. Um, first thing, and I'll make some like shorter, uh, episodes that I really encourage you to check out like episodes that'll just teach you some really quick, basic, uh, teaching concepts that I apply that will maybe help you. And I'll refer to those throughout the videos. Uh, as I do these videos and, and podcasts. And when I do that, I may say, hey, go check out this episode of that. Um, and uh, that will give you more information about it. So obviously, this, is, this isn't this a commentary. I'm not going to break down the meanings, purposes of what President Nelson said. This isn't like scripture where we have to understand you know, uh, ancient Hebrew in order to really understand what Isaiah is saying or Greek in order to understand what Jesus meant by his, you know, beatitudes or whatnot. This is contemporary language. And so it's up to you to interpret. I'm not a scholar or I don't have any, uh, I'm not privy to any information that would um, give me a deeper insight in that. So my hope here is to teach you and, or not teach necessarily, but give you some ideas of if you have to teach this talk in Elders Quorum Relief Society or maybe amongst your family that uh, you'll have some ideas of how to approach that to really stimulate a redemptive lesson. And that's actually a mini episode I'm going to be doing is talking about why we need to focus on doctrine, what doctrine is, and not just focusing on doctrine, not just stating truths, but what whenever we teach doctrine, it must, I repeat, it must be redemptive. And what I mean by that is individuals who sit in the class, they're not just learning facts, they're not just learning truths, but they're leaving feeling like, wow, my soul is redeemed. Like I know a little bit more about the doctrine and it's encouraging to me. It's hope, it instills hope in my soul and I can, I'm ready to face the, a new week, right? Uh, so, so many times we make the mistake of just, you know, talking about very various doctrine or principles of the gospel, but then it feels heavy. Like, oh, I know I'm not doing enough, right? We, we never want individuals leaving a church class with that type of feeling of heaviness, of guilt. We want them to feel encouraged and feel redemptive. And so I'll talk about that in another episode. But uh, a few concepts uh, that I start out with. One, as you are preparing a lesson to teach General Conference, you need a warm-up segment, okay? There's And here's another mini-episode that I'll get to. But in that mini-episode of about warm-ups, I will give you a few ideas. But you need to have the simplest warm-up is a concept I call priming the pump. And this is where you stand in front of the class and ask an incredibly simple, basic question that anybody could answer no matter who they are or their background, okay? The reason we do this is later on in the lesson, you are going to ask maybe for feedback. What do you think about this quote, this doctrine? What about this question, right? 
And so many times teachers, they get frustrated that nobody is responding, right? It's just dead silence and it's awkward. And then they think, oh, why don't people participate? And then they, they sort of put it on the, the classroom attendees that, oh, it's your fault. You should be helping me by participating. The problem is, and here's the power of it all, is that nobody resistance. Oh, I heard it from a quote from a therapist. I'm going to, I'm going to slaughter this, but Basically, there's no such thing as resistance. You will never have a class member who is resisting participating. There's only the lack of safety. So if you're feeling like, oh, they're resisting, they don't want to contribute, they don't want to participate, that's only because you didn't warm them up, that you didn't establish safety. Like this classroom is a safe place for your voice to be heard. Okay. And if you establish that, it's, uh, it's going to be, make things a lot easier. So the quickest way to establish safety and get rid of resistance in a classroom is this prime the pump concept. And so you find a very simple question. So I live in Stansbury park, Utah. Uh, one uh, time I was teaching my wife teaches relief society as well. And she used this, uh, she stands up in front of the class and she just simply says, what's your favorite thing about living in Stansbury park, Utah? And that's a very simple question. Everybody should have a response to that. Oh, I love, I love the atmosphere. I love the neighborhood. I love the, the lake we have uh, down the street that we can go there at any time and fish or go on, uh, you know, go on, go canoeing or whatever it is, right? Anybody, you could point at anybody and they wouldn't feel like, oh no, I don't have the answer. It's an opinionated question. It does. It's not hard or intellectual. And what happens is people start to, uh, start to respond, they will then suddenly there's a shift in their mind of saying, I've already spoken in this room. And now when a question is asked later on, I'm more likely to respond. So a good uh, form of practice is to, is on your lesson outline, write up, what's my warm up? Okay. And if you know ideas come to mind or, and I'll share various tactics, like I said, in that many, ep many episodes and, and in future episodes, um, if nothing comes to mind, just say, what is, a very basic question. And it doesn't have to be related to anything like relevant. It could just be, what's your favorite cereal? Uh, what what did you always, I'm recording this in uh, the first part of October, right? Uh, you could ask, what's your, what, what was the, your typical Halloween costume as a kid, right? These are just fun, simple questions, but it gets the room talking. And you'll ask for responses, but you also point at people and say, Brother Jones, what about you? What would your, right? And you're, you're getting him to, to vocalize uh, a response and then he'll be more likely to respond. So first step in creating an outline, what is my warm-up? All right. The next thing I do is I go through the conference address and I want to look for, I want to, I just read through it once and I want to look for specific doctrinal statements or concepts. Okay. I'm, I'm skipping over the, the stories like president Nelson shares the story of a tour of a temple, the DC temple. I'm, I'm just sort of breezing through that. Uh, I may come back to it and may look for concepts, but my first run through, I'm just looking for doctrinal points. So let me just give you an example and yours may be different of what this looks like. And I put them all in, in yellow. So for, for example, in spirit, experiencing the love of uh, their love is vital, which he's referring to heavenly father and Jesus Christ. All right. This is a concept. This is like a doctrine. Why is their love vital? Right? So I've marked it. I keep coming down. Um, man, these paragraphs right here are chock full of, of doctrine. Okay. I won't maybe read it all, but for example, this paragraph, the reward for keeping covenants with God is heavenly power. Boom. 
doctrinal point, right? It's, it's almost not even a principle. It is like eternal truth that will never change. When you keep covenants with God, you will receive power. That's not just an, uh, a 2000s concept or an 1800s concept. This is true from the beginning of time and will be true from that until the end of time, right? So that's what you're going. What are the doctrinal points in this? I mean, th these paragraphs right here, as I read through it, it's like, this could be a lesson. These four paragraphs only, right? Could be a powerful lesson. Okay, I keep going. Here's some, some questions. Import, the important truth prompts three fundamental questions. First, what does it mean to overcome the world? Second, how do we do it? And third, how does overcoming the world bless our lives? So these are doctrinally focused concepts. Okay, and I realize that some of you are just listening to audio, so I'll try and be a little more descriptive in what I'm talking about. Those four paragraphs I referenced earlier were... It starts with, dear brothers and sisters, I grieve for those who leave the church because they feel membership requires too much of them. Uh, that's the first paragraph and the four after that. Um, let's keep scrolling down. You see that it's not every paragraph that has a doctrinal concept, okay? It's related. Each paragraph is probably related to doctrine. It has an anecdote related to doctrine. Here's another one. As we strive to live the higher law of Jesus Christ, our hearts and our very natures begin to change. <laughs> Man, doctrine, right? Love it. The truth is, here's another one. The truth is that it is so much more exhausting to seek happiness where you can find it. However, when you yoke yourself to Jesus Christ and the spiritual work required to overcome the world, he and he alone does have the power to lift you above the pull of this world. Uh, further down, but yoking yourself with the Savior means you have access to his strength and redeeming power. Hopefully you get the idea. Okay, so I'll, as I scroll down here, there's various lines and points that I've highlighted in yellow. You can pick whatever color you want. That's right. Now, the reason why you want to go through and highlight doctrinal principles is that this is going to be the foundation of your lesson, right? It says throughout all the handbooks, teach doctrine, right? That is why we're doing it. We're teaching doctrine. You cannot teach doctrine until you identify what the doctrine is in the talk. Now, let me tell you, uh, this this talk by President Nelson, obviously no surprise to anybody. You could literally focus on this talk for the next six months in all your elders quorum and relief societies, right? What's that? About 12, 12 sessions of, uh, of classroom time, right? And you could take and talk about this for 12 sessions, right? The, the, the trap you will fall into is that you will try and th there's 12, 12 classes of content enough, you know, to fill 12 classes. You will try and fill it in one classroom. Do not do that. This is why you go and you identify specific doctrines. And then you're going to start and say, I'm going to focus on one of those doctrines. I may skip over all the funny stories, the jokes he told. I may uh, skip 90% of the, the scriptures that he shared, the scripture references he shared, because you have to focus on a specific doctrine and let it just air out. Let it feel the space. People can go home and read it. You know, you're not, sometimes we put that, uh, that heaviness on us, like, oh, it's up to me to make sure that these people understand every concept that President Nelson was talking about. No, 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 no. You're introducing a doctrinal concept that is redemptive so that when they walk out of that class, they feel like, okay, whew, I am charged up for the week. I just partook of the sacrament. I renewed my covenants and then went to elders quorum. And now I'm feeling like I can take on another week and I can't wait to come back next week. All right. So with these, with these concepts, it's not that I have, 
identified all the doctrine in this, but that's what I'm, I'm, that's just where I got through one read through thinking, okay. So for example, I may take these four paragraphs and there's probably too much doctrine in here to teach in one class. So I may take one paragraph, right? So for example, let's go to, um, this last one, dear brothers and sisters, my message to you today is that because Jesus overcame this fallen world and because he atoned for each of us, you too can overcome this sin-saturated, self-centered, and often exhausting world. That alone is 40, 50 minutes of content that you can explore, okay? So first thing is, and again, I'm not here to dictate which doctrine you're going to cover. You don't need a modern-day contemporary scholar who's going to give you commentary on this talk. The commentary's there. President Nelson gave you enough commentary to deal with. What we're doing is just simply uh, focusing on the principles, okay? So you are, and let me pull up my my notes here, which some of it didn't get saved because the gospel library has a little bit of a bug that sometimes erases my notes. Do you have this problem? Anyways, if you don't save as you go, it becomes a nightmare. It's sort of frustrating. Anyways, so um, so the doctrine's in yellow. Figure out the warm-up, right? You already have, have, have warmed them up. And then uh, you're going to think about, you're going to take that doctrine and then and then um, help help the room digest it. You're now inviting the room into an engagement practice with this. You're not there to um, to dictate or to give a talk, right? This isn't a lecture. And if you try and cover all the doctrine, that's why we fall into that trap of, of lecturing because you think, oh, there's so much here. If I just talk the whole time, I might be able to get through most of it. So I'm just going to do that, right? But uh, the learning in the room just, dissipates when we do that. So we're going to take one doctrine and move forward. And then you may do a few things like this. Like one, one thought I had is, um, is breaking up the room, uh, into partners. And I'm going to do a micro episode on this. <laughs> There's something about when the teacher says, all right, everybody partner up, turn to your neighbor. And I want you to talk about this question. There's sort of this resistance, like, Ugh you know what? It's been a long week. I'm at church. I just had a crazy sacrament meeting with my 10 kids or whatever it is. I just want to sit here and have you dictate at me, but resist that. Okay. You're going to invite them in the simplest way. Sort of the, the bare bones way of doing this is to simply saying, I want you to, to get with a, a neighbor and answer some questions. Okay. And so you go back to this doctrine that you've picked on and you've asked yourself, what are some questions that I could come up with to get them thinking, right? And hopefully they're questions that don't easily fall into the quote-unquote Sunday school answer, right? Where they're just like, oh, well, that means we should just go to church and read our scriptures. We want to push them past that, okay? So you may take that doctor and say, okay, let's, let's group up two or three members. You really don't want more than four in a group. Uh, maybe There's some tactics that we'll talk about that that would, that would work, but getting them in a group, two or three people and saying, all right, let's talk about, talk about these questions. So if I did this, um, this, no, let me put that back on the screen here. So if I did this quote of dear brothers and sisters, my message to you today is that because Jesus Christ overcame this fallen world and because he atoned for each of us, you too can overcome the saturate, the sin saturated, self-centered and often exhausted world. And so you may say, okay, with your partner, Let's think about uh, what what would you classify as sin saturated, 
self-centered, and often exhausted world. Why do you think President Nelson used those three concepts? Take three minutes and go, right? And then chatter, chatter, chatter. People are talking it through. Okay, what does it mean that that because of Jesus Christ, we can overcome those things? Like, what does that even mean to you? What does that look like in real life, right? And maybe before you talk as a group, maybe take one minute and just ponder over this yourself. What stories, what examples come to mind? What experiences when you felt like Jesus Christ has helped you overcome the fallen world, right? So go. So it's maybe silent for one minute. All right, now that we're back, turn to your partner and and each take one minute to articulate this. Now you see, as we're doing these activities, as you're engaging the group in in talking and turning your partner, that's going to take a lot of time, right? And the temptation is you're thinking up there as a teacher, oh no, like I have so much to get through. We can't do that activity. Let's just skip it and move on. No, 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 no. Because you're then prioritizing your agenda, your lesson plan over the actual learning and 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 uni unifying activities, right? Everybody's going to leave with a little bit more of a friend by doing these things, right? So you have to surrender all that. Like we're not here for them to learn a specific thing or whatever it is. Um, we're here to, um, you know, we're here to explore and, and explore the doctrines, engage together and learn because the, the retention goes up as people engage this way. All right. All right. Let me share with you uh, another example. And again, you don't have to do this. I'm just sort of, hopefully the you, the wheels in your head begin to turn of, of things you can do. Um, in this talk, President Nielsen gives these three questions. Here it is. So this important truth prompts three fundamental questions. So he said important truth. That you That's another way of saying doctrine, right? So you may come up here and be like, what was that important truth? So you can overcome the spiritual and emotional exhausting plagues of the world, including arrogance, pride, anger, immorality, hatred, greed, jealousy, and fear. Despite the distractions and distortions that swirl around us, you can find true rest, meaningful relief, and peace, even amid your most vexing problems. And then into these questions, okay? So this would be a great activity, a great sort of model to guide people through uh, during your lesson. What I mean by that is you may say, all right, let's partner up with two or three people. And I want you to go, I want you to process these questions that President Nelson is, is asking. So you may say, all right, everybody, you got your partners. Let's take uh, one minute each or whatever, or take uh, 90 seconds to discuss together this first question. What does it mean to overcome the world? Ready, go. Chatter, chatter, chatter. And then as you, as you bring them back, these are some powerful questions I, I've gotten from Deanna Murphy. Um, if you go to Leading Saints, just search Leading Saints Deanna Murphy into Google, and I'll try and remember to, to link it in the show notes. Uh, she gives some great, she, there's an episode there. She gives a handful of questions that are so powerful. I should even uh, replay that here on this podcast stream. But anyways, uh, so you may bring back out of the discussion. Okay, what did you notice? That's an, a powerful one. What stood out when you were discussing that? What did your What did others in your group say that you found really insightful. You see what you're doing here? Like this is what relying on the spirit looks like. You didn't come in with knowing what they're going to say, but you've surrendered it. You've said, I'm turning this over to the spirit. If something was said in that group that needs to be heard by the entire group, now's the time for them to do that, right? All right, great, great discussion. Let's get back to this. I mean, these squid three questions, this activity I'm, I'm articulating could feel 40, 50 minutes easy, all right? 
or at least a good chunk of, of the time. All right, second, how do we do it? How do we overcome the world? All right, here we go, right? And it might be too similar to the next one, but that's all right. Give them 30 seconds, and, and then that might spur on a question as you come back. What was different about the responses to the second question that maybe wasn't mentioned in the first question, right? Who wants to go first? Boom, boom, boom. All right, now we're bringing everybody back together. The third question, how does overcoming the world, the world bless our lives? And I would love to have you, uh, as you talk, really try and identify specific experiences, real life stories that come to the surface that we could, that, uh, that, that articulates this principle, right? And, and by doing this, you're sort of forcing them to go back into their own life saying like, yeah, where has this principle showed up? If they can find it in their own life, boom, conversion happens in that moment. There's a thing, okay, I've now connected the dots. Oh yeah, I haven't thought about that for a while. It's been a tough week and I've sort of struggled with some doubt this week. But now since this elders quorum, this Relief Society class, it's brought to a, re a remembrance how these doctrines connect with my life. You see, redemption. People walk out more hopeful, right? It's not heavy or guilt-ridden, okay? All right, here's another concept I wanna uh, talk about. Maybe this is a mini episode for a future time, but just real quickly. Um, for example, this is a great quote, right? Overcoming the world, President Nelson says, overcoming the world is not an event that happens in a day or two. It happens over a lifetime as we, as we repeatedly embrace the doctrine of Christ. We cultivate faith in Jesus Christ by repenting daily and keeping covenants that endow us with power. So you see my note here, I put, don't answer the questions through quotes. What I mean by that is... Um, it is so easy to have because there's some there's some mic drop moments that President Nelson has where he is actually responding to the questions you're an answering. The temptation is is to lead out with President Nelson's quotes or responses to the questions that you're asking, right? Because essentially, I talk about that activity of asking those three questions. Essentially, President Nelson is answering those questions with uh, some of his following quotes. And so the temptation is, is to lead out with those, right? Well, President Nelson says this, and what do you think about that? And people say, well, I don't know, like I just agree with him. Amen, President Nelson, right? So don't fall into the temptation of saying, man, there's so many great quotes. I'm going to stack them up and I'm going to share these quotes, uh, get through as many quotes as possible. The The other, temp the other uh, mistake that a lot of teachers make is the, is the white slips. Avoid the white slips, right? This is where you go through, you you discover a variety of different quotes, and then you put these quotes on slips of white paper. You print them out and you cut them up, right? And then you hand them out before class. And this feels like classroom participation. It feels like it is. It is not classroom participation. It's a fallacy. Just because people are talking doesn't, doesn't mean they're participating. They're just following directions. They're, they're, their intellectual mind their frontal cortex, whatever it is, is not engaging in the doctrines and, and it's not working, right? It's just following directions or reading. So avoid just simply sharing quotes because they're really good and they should be stated. You can do that after, right? So maybe you've had this great discussion and I would, you know, with those, uh, let me put this back up, with those three questions, maybe you've had this great, you're right, this great discussion that came out of there, you know, epiphanies all around the, the room. And then as you close, you say, you know, this is awesome. Let me let me share you just in closing some things that President Nelson said about these questions. Okay. Um, and then you're you're gonna go through and and then you can read them off yourself 
or, or maybe then you ask people to participate. And then that gives you like a foundation to, to close it up, to wrap it up with testimony and just be like, Oof, like, I just recognize like what brother Jensen said over there. Like that's where mine, mine's going to be this week. And I, I promise you that just like brother Jensen is shared, right? Like that, that is a reality in this life. Like I, I believe that to be a doctrinal truth and that as we overcome the world and rely on Christ, our, our life won't be more, more burdened. It won't be heavier. It'll be freeing, right? You see how, and again, this is a lot of this is just a skill set. It's going to take time and it's going to take uh, practice to get there. But these things will naturally happen as you sur sort of surrender your lesson plan and focus on the doctrine, a specific doctrine in there, right? And and then uh, teach the class. And by the end, you'll have so much to testify about or someone else in the room will testify, right? You may see somebody like sharing and you kind of see like a shift in them. Like, wow, you know, uh, Brother Spenlove's like really getting into this. I'm going to ask him at the end to just stand and be like, what, what did you take away from today? Like, what is, how does President Nielsen speak to your heart in this, in this talk, right? And then he'll do the testifying. That's a whole another concept as far as uh, recognizing the witnesses, done right like when you stimulate this kind of lesson there are going to be moments of witnessing where someone has this epiphany where they have to raise their hand and share something it's important to lean into that and be like wait a minute like something's happening within you like this is hitting you a little bit harder than others uh, and let me give you a quick example of what that looks like i had i was teaching a, a sunday school class and uh i forget what principle it was was or doctrine or what we were talking about but a sister in the room raised her hand and talked about how she attended the the funeral of her uncle that week. And her uncle actually died by suicide. It was just sort of this tragic, heavy moment. And the temptation was for me to just be like, oh, thanks, sister. Oof, like, let's move on. Like, I don't want to make you cry or, or dwell on this thing. But instead, I leaned into it. And I said, hey, sister, like, can I ask you a few more questions about that? Like, and, and I gave a, like I, I gave a few more follow-up questions. And she sort of broke down a little bit. But it was this moment where she wasn't embarrassed. It's like she was having a vulnerable moment where she was connecting with the entire group. And you could almost feel the whole classroom sort of lean in as we're doing that. She was having a witness moment where she's basically witnessing that, hey, Jesus showed up in my life this week. And I need to share that. That is testimony. That's what we what we need to share. In closing, I'll just share some some various notes that came to mind. Again, this isn't a full comprehensive, you know, that I've discovered every last bit of truth. You're going to discover some on your, on your own. Uh, as I read through it, there's a lot of these, uh, these statements of, he says, now you may be thinking this sounds more like hard spiritual work and rest, but here is the grand truth. While the world insists that power possessions, popularity and pleasures of the flesh bring happiness. They do not. They cannot. What they do produce is nothing but a hollow substitute for the blessed and happy state of those who keep the commandments of God. Um, there's just a lot of these statements of like, it may feel like the church is hard or the gospel's hard, but it's not, right? So as I hear things repeated, that can lead to um, lead to more ideas of like, okay, maybe that's a doctrine that we should focus on, right? And you're going to have to... Uh, <laughs> there's impossible choices here. There may be 10 doctrines, like I said, that you'll want to hyper-focus on. You can't do it. Don't do it, please. I beg you, don't do it. Pick one, maybe two as a backup if you if the first one goes too quick, but um, and, and then dwell on that one, right? Here's another one I, I noted here. This is an entire lesson. This 
quote by Ezra Taft Benson. He said, men and women who turn their lives over to God will discover that he can make a lot more out of their lives than they can. He will deepen their joys, expand their vision, quicken their minds, lift their spirits, multiply their blessings, increase their opportunities, comfort their souls, raise up friends, and pour out peace. You see how you could take each one of those concepts and say, all right, uh, let's break up into 10 groups or how many of these concepts there are. Uh, you That group over there, I want you to take your multiply their blessings concept. Okay, I want you to come up with ways that you've seen the, how Jesus has multiplied your blessings. Uh, comfort your souls, right? Uh, why it wants to drag that. Anyways, oh, here we go. Comfort your the, comfort their souls, raise it, right? You see how you can begin to break these things out and say, I want you to engage with those concepts. Why did he put them in there? What did he lift out? What would you add to the list, right? All right, another concept to take away from this is, is maybe you're thinking, man, I think I've picked out some doctrine, uh, one doctrine point that I want to focus on, but Man, what if it only takes 20 minutes or what if it only takes 30 minutes and I'm standing there blinking with, with 15 minutes to go? A great strategy is to build a list of just general questions that you can fall back on and keep asking. So for example, in this, uh, in this area here, take charge of your own testimony of Jesus Christ and his gospel. In this, I put, how, how do you do this, right? So you could turn that into a question. How do you take charge of your own testimony of Jesus Christ? What does that look like? Now you also see, avoid the Sunday school answer. And you may even say that. You say, you ask that question. How do you take charge of your own testimony of Jesus Christ and his gospel? And I'm I want to encourage you not to give me the rote Sunday school answer. Go to church, read your scriptures. I want to know specifically, if someone asked you sincerely how you do this, what does that look like? And push through the, read your scriptures. Well, what does it mean to read your scriptures? Like, uh, you know, what does a study mean, right? Like, so get them to push past that. And so I'll uh, share some, a variety of maybe questions that came to mind for me. But as you read it, like, so you may go through one pass with going through identifying the doctrine. Then you may do another pass of saying, okay, I'm going to find specific questions, like, like deeper questions that I could propose, put on my list that if I need to fall back on those, I can do that. Okay. Here's another one. I put it in red because not necessarily, I, I mean, it is a doctrine, I guess you could you could frame it that way, but uh, he, this is the second time he's mentioned philosophies of men. Okay, so that would be right there. I mean, you could start off after you ask your warm-up question, you could go right into, what does it mean by philosophies of men? President Nelson mentioned twice in this talk, this concept of philosophies of men. I think the the second or the first time he mentioned it, he used a different verbiage, but nonetheless, like, how do you, because isn't knowledge good, right? Isn't, Aren't some philosophies of men good, right? You're sort of playing this um, this contrarian, right? Because you're pushing them. Like, I want to know, like, does that mean if any philosophy for men, that, that it's negative when you should avoid it? Like, what does that mean, right? Be a powerful discussion and a question to put on your list. Another tactic I came up with, I said, there's so much in this talk that you could break up into topical groups. So you may identify, I don't know, maybe you identify six different strong doctrines you can then uh, break up the group into six or the elders quorum into six groups, depending on how big your, your group is or, or do two groups or whatever and say, all right, we're going to have two separate lessons here. All right. Who wants to be the discussion leader in this group in group A? All right. In group B, you're going to only focus on paragraph 13. And this group is only going to focus on the doctrine discussed in paragraph 20. All right. So let's go and then buy, we're going to take the last 10 minutes and see what we can learn together about these groups. 
you know, let's let's con contrast that what you learn with what they learn and see if we can find even more deeper principles. Okay. So that's another tactic when you come across a talk like President all of President Nelson's talks that just have so much in them, so many concepts, break it up and have kind of different classes going on. But and by doing that, you're engaging their their hearts and minds in the lesson and encourage them to learn more. All right, so I think we did it. That is uh, sort of a quick overview of some ideas of teaching general conference, especially this lesson of overcome the world and find rest. I am just constantly amazed at just the insight, the intellect of our great prophet, President Nelson, even at his age of 98, like I can't, it is so baffling of the insight he gets of, uh, at his at his age. And um, it's just, it's a testament of, of his leadership, of his uh, prophetic role and mantle. Uh, so I love it. Um, I would love to hear any ideas that you might have related to this talk. Let's share them. I'm not the all-knowing uh, teacher. Uh, there's probably some more experienced teachers out there listening. If you want to submit some ideas, put them in the comment section. What are you going to do? Uh, even if you want to send me a recording, maybe we'll play it on a future uh, podcast or we can insert it as its own podcast about related to this talk. Uh, jump in. Get it done, and man, it, I'm, I'm going to probably say this every talk, but don't don't skip over this one. Go talk to your elder scorn president, your really sign president, and say, we need to talk about President Nielsen's overcoming the world. All right, the next episode I'm probably going to do is uh, Sister Browning's talk. I know that there's a handful of sister talks that, uh, that's probably a, not the best way of saying it, but you know what I mean, um, but talks from uh, our, our the female leaders that obviously in Relief Society, it's good to work those in, you know, with a, a female audience and whatnot. So I think that's the next topic I'm going to go to. And we're trying to hit all the the big, uh, maybe the more popular uh, talks that will be most likely to be talked about in uh, in Elder Corner Relief Society. Maybe I hate saying that because I don't, it's, I'm un unintentionally creating ranking system for these talks. But hey, we're, we're doing our best. They're all great. Uh, the, there's purpose and meaning for all these talks, as you know. So um, would love to have your support. Um, I don't know. I'll probably create some type of Patreon page or whatnot. There's a lot of investment and uh, behind the scenes work that goes into creating a project like teaching general conference. Uh, this is not a leading saints product and, and brand. So, uh, those funds are, are not available for this effort. Uh, so, uh, I'd love to have you check out the show notes and see ways that you can contribute and, help fund and cover the editing and, and all the effort it takes to do this. And if you want more of me, uh, more of my voice and perspective, I do. My main focus is leading saints and it's a podcast to help Latter-day Saints be better prepared to lead. And we'd love to catch you there. All right. Good luck teaching general conference. Mm -hmm.